Welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. It's camping season here in Canada, which is very exciting. In other parts of the world, people go camping all year round. In Canada, we're limited to a couple of months of the year. So we wanted to share some of our favorite tips for our favorite hacks for camping with preschoolers. Yeah, I know it's exciting time here. This year in particular, it's been a little bit rainy. It's been a a bit of a rough start to us (laughs) somewhere out here. (laughs) A little bit raining. The rain has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. As we and Kate are recording this, we have a camping trip coming up for this very week. It it is not looking good. Um, If we do actually survive this rainy camping trip, maybe that'll be another episode, Kate, how to survive a very rainy camping trip. We could have a lot of tips. How to survive torrential rain when camping. Yeah. Yeah. Step one, step one, don't go camping. I think that (laughs) might be the summary. Step one, plan, check the weather. Oh, gee, it's raining. Uh, But stay tuned for that one on future episodes. Uh, So for this one, um, on a previous episode, we talked about how to pick a toddler or kid-friendly campground and some of the things to look for. Um, So what we want to dive into a little more on this one is kind of the things to make your camping trip more enjoyable, um, especially in that kind of preschooler age. Kate and I both kind of have that toddler preschooler uh, kids. So we'll look at some of the things you can do with with the little ones, but also some of the things to do with the bigger kids to kind of make it through the day and have a lot of fun, essentially. When you go camping, with a baby. We've covered this in previous episodes. Um, Sometimes the baby can be really well contained in something like a little uh, travel high chair or in a travel cot or a playpen. And you don't have to do a lot of sort of entertaining of the baby. But with preschoolers, so kids up to the age of six-ish, you do need to put a little bit more planning into it. And there are some things you can do that can make it much more successful. The first one that we love to do, both Jen and I, um, when we're camping with our families, we love to look at the map of a campsite and look at where the playground is. Um, Depending on the kind of camp site you're going to, there might be a playground, there might not be. If there is, try and get really close to it because we have spent a lot of time um, on camping trips at the playground. And what you end up then doing is kind of moving all of your stuff from your camping area to the playground because you spent so much time there. So you can kind of get ahead of that one by actually choosing the spot. We just did this just recently to book um, some campsites up at Jasper National Park. Um, in Alberta for the summer. And yeah, really exciting to be able to look at that and and think that that's a place where all the kids kind of come together. And my five-year-old is very into making friends. She gets very excited about making friends, even though she often doesn't know the name of her friends, for example. She doesn't mind. She has a great time playing. don't need their names. don't need names. She still talks about two kids she made friends with up at Joffrey Lakes last year and how they're her friends. I think they hung out for like 20 minutes. So anyway, that's the first hack. Pick a site near the playground if there's one at your campsite. Yeah. One of the advantages of that as your kids are getting older um, is that ideally I have this picture in my mind, like we're almost there, Kate, where we could be sitting at our campsite with the playground in, you know, in our vision, in our site, but we don't need to be at the playground anymore. You know, as your kids are getting bigger, when you've got babies and toddlers, obviously you're going to be at the playground with them. You're a little more hands-on. Now that our oldest ones are five and a half and our littles are, you know, closer to three, we're so close to being able to kind of send them to the playground and we could just, you know, keep an eye on things, but not have to be right there with them, which is again, why you want to pick a site as close to the playground as possible. So you can still have that safety that way. Um, Another one of our tips then too is 
I know with camping, there's sometimes this, this idea of like, oh, do we streamline things or do you bring all the things? When it comes to things like beach toys or outside toys to play with, I'm kind of a fan of bringing all the stuff. Um, if we're going camping and the goal is to spend three days at the beach, then this is kind of not the time to bring like one bucket and one shovel. <laughs> I've got to like, if the goal is to kill as much time outside as possible, like let's bring a few extra things, you know, space provided in your vehicle, um, but let's bring a few extra buckets and a few extra shovels and a few extra things that we can use at the beach to keep them occupied for as long as possible. I think the great thing about beach toys as well is that they don't even need to be going, you don't need to be going to the beach to bring them. Um, if you're in the forest or you're staying at like more of a mountainous kind of site or you're out in the middle of BC and, you know, the sort of more desert areas as well, just having a bucket for your kid to play with and a shovel. Um, you know, I love that when you hand a kid a shovel and they're sitting in the dirt you should try it sometime with your kid. They're just sitting there doing whatever. You hand them a shovel. They don't even register that they're holding it and they start digging. They've got this like overwhelming urge to dig. So even if it's like, you know, sending them on a little scavenger hunt of like, can you find some cool rocks and put them in your bucket? Can you find a pine cone and put it in your bucket? It can, it can definitely help to sort of open their eyes to what they can do in these uh, settings, particularly if they're a little bit newer to spending lots and lots of unstructured time outside. It might just be a little bit too overwhelming for them. Them. So you give them a little bucket and a shovel and there's just something that they can do right away. Yeah. We do a lot of, you know, especially sometimes around that dinner time, you are back at the campsite and you're trying to keep the kids occupied. We're also trying to cook. And so we do a lot of like what we want to call scavenger hunts with the buckets. And it's a great time to be like, okay, kids, I want everyone to go find five pine cones and they all scatter and they go find five pine cones and then they come back. And then you can be like, all right, and now go find five big leaves and they go find five big leaves and they come back. So um, those kinds of just very little activities can keep your kids occupied for days while you're doing things like attending to younger children or cooking dinner or other things like that. Um, speaking of younger children, if you have children who might still be napping or just in general need some quiet time during the day, and, and frankly, I, I could use some quiet time in the middle of the day. That's often when my husband has a nap. <laughs> yeah, my husband too. What's with the husband's napping? Man? Well, I need never, to put I him down for a nap. nap. And we're like, what time did he go down? I'm like, I don't know because he's a 39 year old adult male. Like, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> how many he's minutes like, of nap time was did they out need? for? How many minutes nap did I get? <laughs> Um, but definitely bring some quiet time activities. Um, we, you know, good old, just like coloring books, crayons, markers, simple things like that, stickers to pack up. Um, for us, it's really nice where sometimes our youngest is still taking a nap and the oldest just needs something to do quietly, whether that's in your tent or just at the picnic table. Um, so I always make sure I've got a plethora of just that kind of stuff to, to whip out. Um, sometimes we use it in the car. Although if you listen to our last episode about car rides, uh, if your kids get car sick in the car, no don't coloring do in it. the car. Oh my gosh, don't no. do it. <laughs> um, but otherwise, really great for the campsite because there are times where the kids finally get a little bit tired. Um, and it's really nice to have that quiet time in the afternoon to do something like that just quietly at the campsite if you're there with another child who needs a nap. When space allows, I think it's really awesome to bring bikes for um, preschoolers when they go camping. And it can be a great way for them to just sort of burn off some energy and, you know, move their bodies a lot. We normally find we don't have an external hitch on our car for bikes. So we often find that we don't have the space for it. Um, so that's normally the first thing to go. But I think if you do have the space to bring bikes to campgrounds, it can be a really great activity. You see those kids burning around campsites. That's all they do all day, a little gang of them, particularly when they're a little bit bigger, uh, like maybe when they're slightly older, but our five-year-olds love their bikes. Um, and I think that they could probably, you know, when they can have them out, they, they really enjoy biking around. 
I think with all of these things, my sort of first instinct is not to bring out the the toys, whether that's beach toys or your bike or the quiet time activities until you sort of see a need for it. Because I think what's really great camping is when the kids get kind of left to their own devices and suddenly they're off in the forest. Do you remember this happened once, Jen, with uh, our two oldest kids? They set their chairs up in the forest and they were like playing some little game and having a little conversation in the forest with no intervention from us. And that's the best kind of play that we want. It's not led by adults, it's led by the kids. And so it takes a while to be comfortable with that. Like they might be like, oh, I want a snack. I'm bored. I want a thing. And you're like, no, just let them to it. Leave them to it for a second and just see what happens. So ideally that's what kind of happens. But leaving some of these things around, like you've just got the, it's like a suggestion to play, like some beach toys just kind of left around. Maybe their bikes out if they've, you know, forgotten that they brought them, which could definitely happen. Um, maybe some bubbles are always a really popular thing for kids, particularly little kids. It's very cute to watch and um, can occupy the little ones and get them moving totally. around dump them all out which will be exactly 30 seconds after you open the new set of bubbles so be warned there is one that's like untippable it's called i think it's called fubbles Fubbles. i want to say um i want to say it's called fubbles my friend laura whose daughter is lucy who is my favorite instagram influencer she is amazing um and you can find her at life with lou lucy uh she always shows this bubble thing that she has that's unknockable knockdownable is that a word Uh We need that one next time we go camping, Jen. That's what we have to get. Yeah, Um, I know. I think we do. (laughs) One of the other things that I like to do before we go camping is to look at the hiking trails around. It's really, it can be very difficult once you're out in the, particularly in the wild places in BC, there might be no reception. There might be some pretty average maps up that show what's around there. So if you know from your campsite where you can take your kids on a one kilometer loop, you could probably do that multiple times through your camping trip. And that could be the only activity you do. And that would be awesome. But it's good to know that stuff, to have a little screenshot of the map that you've saved on your phone and to know where the trailhead is. Hopefully the trailhead's quite close to you and where you've camped, the site that you've chosen in the campground. Um, And then that's another activity that can take between, you know, zero and 12 hours, depending on... (laughs) (laughs) Depending on the state of your toddler and preschooler. Um, Yeah, I mean, we always choose our campsites kind of around hikes that we can do as a family. Um, I kind of find it for me, I like to have like one activity in the day, you know, like 80% of our day is going to be mucking around the campsite or a beach or the lake or the playground, depending on what the activities are. But for me, it's kind of nice to have like today, we're going to go do that one, two, three kilometer hike or loop or whatever it is. And that's it. And then for me, I, I mean what can you say, Ken? I'm very type A personality, like to get things done. Um, so no. even when I'm out kind of, no, no, no. you never say that about me. Sound like you at all. <laughs> so relaxed. Um, <laughs> Kate's like at least relaxed person I know. Um, <laughs> so for me, I do like having like, like to Kate's point, like research the trails ahead of time and then find like one one little accomplishment in your day, you do one little hike. And there does sometimes come a point in the day when the kids start to get like, if you're just kind of at the campsite all day, they start getting a bit stir crazy. So there's somewhere you can go. Or conversely, sometimes if you need a little one who has to go for a little drive to get them down for a nap, sometimes we look for a little place we can drive to. Maybe we're not even going on a hike, but we're driving to a lookout or something like that. And it's enough of a drive to put a smaller child down for a little rest. You can just get a change of scenery again and then come back to the campground and, and let them kind of continue napping from there we've also done that in early mornings where like say I was up with like a kid who was still breastfeeding you know a baby and 
in the morning was just like, I don't think I slept at all. And my partner has then taken the two kids and driven off. And I've, you know, oh. been able to just stay there. Wouldn't that be good? Um, I think the other thing that we do with our with our five-year-old actually is we get her to pack a little backpack now and she can choose what goes in there. Um, and so we do do a little bit of vetting to just check that she hasn't packed like, you know, an ornament or a, you know, a photo frame or something. Um, <laughs> but just the, you know, at this age, they're still really excited by the idea of unpacking their backpack and packing it again. So what we find our kids like to do is spend a lot of time doing is going in and out of the tent. They like to just be in the tent. Um, and at first I'm like, no, you've got to be outside enjoying the great outdoors. And I'm like, actually, it's so much better if they play in the tent because the, we can zip the door shut, but the zipper's right at the top so they can't get out unless they've got your help. This sounds like kid prison. It's not. It's just like oh, they're it's playing wonderful. in the tent. Sounds great. Yes. And yeah. so that that actually, that's generally what my kids are dying to do when they go camping. They want to get into the tent and just play in there. So by giving them a little backpack with a couple of toys in it and a book each, that actually takes up a lot of the time. And that is when I've had the best actual relaxing moments where you can sit by the campfire with your cup of tea and actually drink it. Yeah. So I'll bring up one of my favorite hacks, you know, maybe a little bit controversial for those who want screen free parenting. So take this what you will. But uh, we, me, my, my family, we do often bring the iPad for the kids. <gasps> now, I know, shocking <laughs> alert. Now at home, to be honest, uh, my kids never use the iPad at home. It's not like a thing we have out at home. Although, as I say this, my husband just bought a brand new second gen, like a secondhand iPad. So that could change. But up until now, the iPad isn't a thing that's out in the house. And we typically only bring it on trips like this for something special. Um, and there's two reasons that I love the iPad on camping. One, one of your kids, just one of them, will decide to wake up at 6 a.m. after the other one didn't sleep all night if you have multiple children. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so the iPad has saved us where we've downloaded a couple of movies onto it and I can give it to my preschooler and say, okay, you can watch a little Paw Patrol movie or the Frozen movie while the rest of us all sleep. Um, and sometimes at that extra hour in the morning where you just don't want to get out of your cozy sleeping bag yet can just make a really big difference to the start of your day. Controversial, Jen. Super. I know, so controversial. The other time, and I think this is one of my best memories from camping as well. Of course, my husband and the littlest one were asleep in the tent during nap time. That was great. And then I handed my preschooler the iPad. He got all cozied up in the car in the passenger seat. I gave him a snack, the iPad and a movie. Very content there. And then I sat by the campfire with my cup of tea and my book. And I had a <laughs> solid 45 minutes there. You know, 45 minutes of sitting down as a mom. That's like a lifetime of sitting down undisturbed. And I was like, this is worth it. You know, and in, in all perspective of thing too, I'm like, if this is the only 45 minutes of, you know, screen time my preschoolers having in like a three day, you know, weekend, not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Like that 45 minutes of peace and quiet where I got to relax, my husband and the younger one are getting a nap in. So that's great. And sometimes the preschoolers need to relax a little bit too. You know, they're doing a lot of running around and there's a lot of um, you know physical stimulation. So having that 45 minutes of quiet time for him, it just gave everybody a chance to recharge. We love camping with our preschoolers. They are so much fun to take out into the wild. And you know, we think that by choosing your site around the campsite, so you're choosing it near a playground, you're looking for the hiking trails that you want to do near there. So you've got some activities planned. You've brought all those beach toys with you. Maybe you've researched the unknockdownable bubble machine thingy and you've got that as well. You're encouraging your kids to be able to do lots of exploring while you relax. All of these things can add up to a really 
awesome camping trips with our kids. And yeah, it's a ton of work and it can be some really, really sleepless nights. But I think you can, Jen and I would both agree that it's all worth it when uh, you sit around the campfire in the evenings, all the kids got a little stick and they're trying to roast their marshmallow. Even for like three seconds, you get those perfect moments. And you're like, this was worth it. We'd love to hear how your camping trips are going this summer. And if you have any questions for us about all of the mistakes that we have made in the last five years camping with our little kids, with, um, you can find us over on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. Don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on our podcast so that you'll be the first to hear when a new episode goes up every week. And if you have a friend who you think might really benefit from some of these tips and might also need somebody else to say, hey, I've made that mistake too, forward on our podcast to them and see if they want to give it a lesson too. Otherwise, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening.